0: You can put it on the board, yes! The Extra Point is good! Yes, sir!
1: Welcome to Extra Points with your host, Cousin Sal, and his pals, Dave Damaschek and Charlotte Wilder. All right, welcome to Extra Points, part of the Extra Points podcast network. Cousin Sal here with my good pals, Dave Damaschek, Charlotte Wilder. Uh, a somber tone for this podcast. It's very strange. After we taped Wednesday, almost immediately after we taped Wednesday, the Bucks had scheduled a game with the Orlando Magic, Game 5, and the NBA, led by the Bucs, halted their season. It was done in protest, of course, of the shooting of Jacob Blake, a man shot seven times in the back by a white officer. Uh, the rest of the league followed suit. Uh, A few baseball games were suspended. Eventually, hockey got involved. And now Dave, Charlotte, and I are going to speak about this. And we have to do so without sounding like entitled white people. But all right, that's fine. I think we could do it. There are plenty of bigger challenges in the world. I think we're up for it. And I'm not going to try to pretend to know what it's like to be a person of color or about their struggles with police. I think it's disgraceful, though, that people are afraid to leave their houses or have to drive differently because of how they might be treated by authority. It seems to really, really, really get in the way of that in- unalienable right that is the pursuit of happiness. But I want to try to attack this from a perspective of something I haven't really heard out there before. Um, we're told that at like a very young age that there are more good people than bad people in the world is this true anymore? Are we sure that this is true? Like when you fill out a census, there's no documenting whether you're a good person or not, but, but like when a person of color gets shot in the back by a white officer and half the country is looking at that person's rap sheet, um, as if that friggin' matters, as if like the cop had a scrolling text on the guy's back of what he had done in the past. And if that would have been all right anyway, um, these are bad people that look to this immediately. Dave, am I overthinking thinking this or should mom and dad throw out the whole, uh, ah, there's more good than bad in, in this world. Boy, that's, an
2: interesting, Boy, that's an interesting thought. And I've said before that no one thinks of themselves as bad. I mean, they're, they're I don't think anybody, any, uh, the most diabolical human who ever walked the earth probably didn't perceive himself to be bad. He, he thought he was doing something uh, justified, but, Um, you, you say, um, entitled, uh, white guy. Yes. You know, the thing that occurs to me, I, I would have considered myself 20 years ago, relatively empathetic, I guess, about, uh, people from different walks of life than mine. But I'll tell you what has been made very clear in the last five years or so to me is it's a revelation, um, how is how much this is happening. If it was a one-off kind of a thing that uh, everybody focused on, um, obviously where we were three or four months ago to now, it's these events didn't start happening with the advent of mobile video cameras. You know, they've just brought it to light. It's remarkable that Apparently, this has been happening for at least the entirety of our lifetime and certainly well before that for a couple of hundred years or so. And I talk about uh, entitled. I feel entitled in a way that, like, I had no idea it was this bad. I had no—I mean, it's not a fluke that cameras are catching this violent behavior. And the difference is for everybody who is saying— um, you know, people keep floating out like what about that that that's the 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 awful story about the 5-year-old boy who got shot? This is this is what people are talking about with institutional racism. These are policemen. All you need to know is you don't need to go into any details other than shot 7 times in the back, you know? That's that's the story. Conversely, a day later, a 17-year-old white guy is walking down the street mess I mean, what 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 in hell is that guy doing? They're walking around with that and handled completely. And why that's all you need to see. Look at those two events. And I don't know really how you can kind of uh, rationalize your way
1: around anything. And else then, either. and now the NBA is taking flack or, you know, there's obviously people supporting them. But they're, I mean, the NBA, to me, it's like, I can't believe how much they've done. Charlotte, I think you commented on it with the testing. Um, they're at the forefront of testing. They help develop a test that's going to hopefully revolutionize um, how we get records of people with the coronavirus and how this thing, like at the forefront of the social justice issues, should the NBA, should we just move the Washington Wizards into the Pentagon? Like, what what's going on here? Like, why why is this league that the president hates so much um, doing so much more than everybody else? Well, I first,
3: well I, first of all, you know, I think anyone who follows me on social media, anyone who knows me um, out outside of the sports world even within it um i'm obviously liberal i try not to i try to to speak to sports fans in a way that's not going to alienate people so i want to preface what i'm about to say by saying i don't think that um you know as a white person if i can reach another white person who has not learned how to think about these things who has not been given the information and just say hey for a second Take whatever preconceptions you have. Listen to the players. Like, I'm not the one to tell people how to feel or what to do or what the right thing is here. But I can if if anyone hears me say this and and hears me say, listen to what these black athletes are saying and then takes the time to think about that. Like, if we don't have empathy, if you can't listen to the Jaguars, Chris Conley gave the most beautiful speech about this at a presser that I can I read it? Is that okay? And then I promise I'll get back sure, to the yeah, NBA um, that he said um, this is about life. This isn't about priors. This isn't about did he do this? Did he do that? Was he armed or did he not do this or that? This is about a life. And who are you to put a value on a life? Who am I to put a value on a life? We need to get to that baseline of saying that a life matters and his value beyond what his warrant was, what his circumstances were, what he looked like, what was going on, whether he listened or not. And then and he goes on and then he says, um, you know, the it, people arguing that, well, he should have done this. He should have done that. He shouldn't have died. He shouldn't have died is what Chris Conley said. And I think that's what it comes down to. It's sort of basic human empathy. It's not about politics. It's about the human right to walk out of your house and and not be afraid because of the color of your skin. And when it comes to what the NBA has done and what the WNBA has done, where you have players like Maya Moore walking away to, to advocate for the release of a man who was wrongly convicted and put in jail, um, it shouldn't fall to sports leagues and to athletes to you know be at the forefront of public health in terms of developing rapid tests or at the forefront of fixing voter suppression the way LeBron is doing, but we're here and they're doing it. And I think it should be a wake-up call to any fan, if you enjoy watching these players and you enjoy sitting on your couch and being distracted from your life, you owe it to these players to at least listen to what they're yeah, saying.
1: And I think that goes back to my point, which is all right, now we're going to find out are there more good people than bad people in the world? Are there people at least willing to listen to these players? That seems like very little sacrifice to be able to listen to a few words that. People are saying, and some of these players are, uh, these issues that they have. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I saw last night that this guy is still handcuffed to his, his, his hospital bed. Like it's freaking crazy. Like, and people are okay with that. Like I, I think, you know what? You, you got him. You got this guy. He's not going anywhere. He's paralyzed. What, 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 what is going on now with the, with the handcuffing and why people are okay with that too. Just, um, it seems like we have so far to go, so far to go. And, uh, I don't know. I don't know if we get there and, um, it's a shame in a way it's a shame, but in a way it's a blessing that sports has to point us in the right direction here. Right.
3: Well, I think one, one quick thing and and Dave, I, I won't go too long here. Um, I think that sports are kind of, they've always been hugely important, but right now I think sports are the last thing that everybody across the ideological spectrum watches at the same time. Um, I, you can compartmentalize all of your news. You can compartmentalize all of your entertainment. You can pick the evidence you want to hear from the internet, but if you're watching a sports game, like you're watching the same sports game, if you're a Democrat that you are, if you're a Republican, you're watching the same sports game, no matter what the color of your skin is. And so it's this huge opportunity for athletes to draw attention to things. And, When it comes to the good people and bad people, I think I've said this before, but I think environment determines so much more than individual character. And if we are in a in a world in a country right now that is really hateful and that hate is just like that has become okay, people are kind of going to run with it and push the boundaries. And if you don't push those boundaries back, if you don't have that coming from the top, then it can be very hard um, to to have more empathy than um, cruelty. I think.
2: It's weird that people feel obliged to the the first instinct that would seem is to say something skeptical of the motivation or how bad or basically play uh p r with it this is this would have been a more powerful way to issue the message that's a strange instinct and I'm not insinuating anything about uh, what's in the hearts of the people that do that and a lot of people though say so you're blaming you know i I think people there there's a certainly a portion of society that could say. Oh, so this is you're blaming this on the current state of politics? No, no. Of course, four hundred years is not the to uh, of a history of this. Does not uh, lie at the feet of the current president or or otherwise. There is definitely though a political layer that has been inserted into this conversation that kind of further steers. That's right. Environment. Charlotte's right. The house you grow up in dictates largely religion and uh, worldview very often, but now you've also inserted this other layer that requires that you feed that before you start to address the the very basic, like where you yeah. started, Sal. Like, I mean, it, it it is not right. I don't care what his priors are. I don't care what happened two minutes. I don't care what happened 30 seconds before the video happened. There is a way to suppress somebody who is doing what that man was doing without him being dead. Shot seven times in the back. And again, compare that to Dylan Roof going to Burger. I mean, P- lately you've been seeing a lot of that. I mean, it's it's I know anecdotal, but it's also pretty straightforward. You're capable of being able to to, to see the different standards in justice and, and and to ignore that. I I I don't want, I I get I get myself in trouble by getting accusatory about what's in the head of someone. Like, why would you say that? But I, I DM with people on social uh, on social media. I, I I don't want to have <clears throat> back and forth going in in a public space and trying to embarrass somebody or otherwise for their thoughts. But it is, it's striking when people say, come on, Dave, like, you know, and so I go into DM with them and uh, it's fascinating that there is sort of like that guy going through his priors or what he was, uh, you you know, what, uh, was he resisting arrest or whatever. And, and then I say, I bring up the 17 year old kid and the way he was treated like, Hey, he got tired of, uh, of the way yeah. society wasn't solving this. The cities are burning. He had to take it into his own hands. And I said, like, you understand that's the message of right. black lives matter too. Right. <laughs> like that you, that your are in incon- your ability, your lack of consistency and being able to see that. I, 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 again, I don't think you're an evil gotcha. person. I do think it's, I, I think people are resistant to like Charlotte says, to, to just sort of absorbing the reality of things in a, in a you know sort of an even-handed way I suppose
1: all right here to help us make sense of this it's a pleasure to have my next guest he's the host along with Chris Broussard of The Odd Couple on Fox Sports Radio Monday through Friday 4 through 7 p.m pacific time you could see him on Undisputed The Herd all the great FS1 shows he refuses to come on Lock It In or Fox Bet Live I don't know why but we have him here anyway that's good Rob Parker, thanks for appearing on Extra Points.
0: Always great. Sal, come on, Cousin Sal. I don't need to be on your show because we share the same dressing room. I see you all the time.
1: <laughs> Rob and I, I, we've seen each other in our underwear. And um, <laughs> his are much... We, we I, I, It was great because we... I, I think these days are gone, Rob. We have now have people um, disinfectors with backpacks on who like spray the dressing room when you go in and before you uh, return. And so I think everyone's going to get their own dressing room, but yeah, I'm going to miss seeing Rob change and talk about like, uh,
0: those (laughs) days are long gone. (laughs) I guess I'll have to find my jolly somewhere else.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I think we all do because there's been a crazy couple of days. They're all, they're all crazy lately, but the last two were special. Um, NBA players boycotted games, NHL, MLB followed suit. Everything's supposed to return this weekend. Um, you and I talked yesterday, and I, I listened to you and Chris, and you do a nice job of, I don't want to say keeping it fresh, but you must be exhausted talking about. It. We spoke on this topic for 11 minutes, and I'm exhausted. And you know, it, it's not my people and it's not my, and you're doing it over and over and you have profound thoughts every single time. And that did not change the last couple of days. I want to compliment you on that. How are you able to dig deep day after day and have different fresh takes on this terrible issue?
0: Yeah, so I'm going to say this. This, this is, this is. it touches me because I lived that life wearing black skin every day, and, and it doesn't matter that I have a radio show or uh, I'm on TV or I have a master's degree from Columbia. I've been in those situations, pulled over on the side of the road late at night and have feared for my life, not knowing if the cop is going to just, you know, I reach for my driver's license or my uh, car insurance, you know what I mean, and get shot. I mean, I've I we live with that, it's real. And I think people who aren't black just don't really feel that way because maybe you, you know you haven't had those experiences. At one point, this is a true story, I was doing a radio show in Detroit and uh, it was from 10 p.m. to 1 a.m. I used to get off at one. I was married back then, we lived in Bloomfield Hills which is like the nicest area of, of suburban Detroit. And I would drive down the main road, Woodward Boulevard, to go home at night. I got stopped seven times in a matter of three months. You might not get stopped seven times in your entire life in three months. Never got a ticket because I didn't do anything. But it was a fishing expedition. Like the questioning was like, "Where are you coming from?" You know what I mean? Like I'm like, "What?" I would I would say to him, "What? Are you, none of your business." Because I just was like what does it have to do with the traffic stop? If, if there's a light out or I made a wrong turn, I'll buy that. Okay. You want to say that seven times, no tickets. Cause I didn't. And then one time they said, Oh, you were driving suspiciously. I said, well, you were following me for the last uh, two miles. Well, that that's why I'm driving slow. I don't want to get a ticket. So, so it was just that kind of stuff. So, Every day, you know, we talk about these issues and, and I dig deep for my past and stuff that's happened to me and just try to explain what it is. And for players, NBA players, you know, Sal, who are upsetting the cart, potentially messing with millions and millions of dollars, maybe billions, right? Mm-hmm. It's got to be important to them. It really does. In order to do that, in order to stop the money machine, and I think what they did in approach the boycott was successful only from this standpoint to let people know we're serious about this. you got to listen to us about these issues. Police brutality cannot be accepted and, and and racial injustice. It just, we cannot turn our heads and keep playing ball.
1: And I think that's a very important thing. You spoke about the fishing expeditions. These cops will go on and, you know, like, you don't hear about them ever. They don't make news when you get pulled over for not doing anything. And you were lucky because you behaved in a what they would consider a polite and civilized manner. And had you or anyone strayed from that, that's when you make news. But it, it's terrible having to go through that process every day. Is, um, now, let me
0: say this yeah. just for, to, 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 to uh, be transparent. My brother is an FBI agent and my family in New York filled with New York City cops and detectives. So it's not like I'm some anti-cop right. person. I have police in my family. So that mm-hmm. that's not the issue. It's about bad police. Just right. like there's everything. There are bad doctors, right? Bad lawyers, bad sports talk show hosts. And there are bad cops. Why can't we admit that and take and get rid of the people who aren't doing their job properly? That's it.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Um- it's going to take some time for sure. Are you worried that the players' message, like even even if we got rid of ninety percent of the racist cops and the police forces and everything, there's going to be everyone's got cameras, and I just feel like every four months or every few months there's going to be video of a person of color or somebody else, person not of color, getting shot, an overzealous cop, a racist cop, or maybe just a cop that just doesn't know what they're doing and you know uh, handles it incorrectly. Is there a point where these protests are ineffective? Do you feel like when you and Chris sat down and you talked about it, what did you think the NBA was going to do? Did you think this was going to be a week long thing? Did you think two days was enough? Or where were your thoughts on that and the future of protests?
0: Yeah, I I thought I thought what they did was right. You can't do it. Like if you were to sit there and go, we're not going to play again until things change in this country. It might be three or four years. You know how legislation goes. It doesn't happen overnight. So they can't they can't play that card that we're not gonna play until things change. So to start the ball rolling, even in Milwaukee and, and Wisconsin, I should say, I think play I think they spoke to the attorney general, the lieutenant governor, you know what I mean? There's a bill on on the table that they need to, to act on. So so they got the message across. They got to talk to people. And the big thing is really, I think, that they want to get the owners involved. And and how you get the owners involved, and you know this, those guys, uh, they, have an, a, 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 they have a great reach as far as movers and shakers who can make things happen. Politicians, you know, it's like the lobbyists, right? If you go to the right people you have some money, things will get moved along. And, and that's where these owners come in. They can make those phone calls. They can call and talk to senators and governors. And you know what I mean? And people who really can, can move stuff along and make things happen. And I think that's what the player's ultimate goal is. And we saw this with Robert Kraft with the Patriots. If you remember the, the rapper Meek Mills was in jail and they were trying to get him out. Jay-Z, all these top black uh, entertainers and athletes were trying to get him out. And then they got Robert Kraft involved. And you know what? He was out in two weeks. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean this is what we're talking about. So so I think ultimately the players are using this to get to the owners. And it's great that Michael Jordan is there as an owner because Michael Jordan is on both sides. He was a former player. He's black. He understands, you know, what it's like to be black in America, no matter how much money or how many degrees you have. It's just a different uh, life.
1: Yeah. And. You know, I, I was—I re- don't know if you caught Chris Haynes' article in Yahoo about the last forty-eight hours and how yes. it all transpired. And the it was really fascinating. I wrote it, read it a bunch of times, and um, a lot had to come together for this season to to resume. It really did. Chris Paul did a nice job. First of all, you have LeBron, who I think initially LeBron and a bunch of players were annoyed with the Milwaukee Bucks for you know staging this protest, leaving the game without notifying the rest of the year. And then LeBron and the Clippers walked out on the meeting. I don't want to read the whole article. To right. you, but the fa- Chris Ball, to get it back on track, you have players with all different viewpoints, didn't even want to listen to the player rep. Uh, some are down three games to one. Some are missing their kid. Forget about even the social equality thing. They're like, we're done with the bubble anyway. And to bring all these thoughts, mind together and get it going, it, it's a miracle that we kind of have basketball for next week and the next few weeks. I think
0: I agree because the bubble by itself, imagine being away from your wife and kids for a couple of months. I mean, I know after the first round, they're going to allow families to come, which is great because I I just, I couldn't imagine. And then to be those guys who have these great lives and mobility and money, you know what I mean? And now you're sitting in your room, basically playing ping pong with your teammates and then going back to your room and eating cafeteria food. You know what I right. mean? Like, like it can't be a great life. So uh, you're right. For the union to be able to get back on track, got to finish out the season. And they had to ex- express to these guys that we, we get where you're feeling, we're, we're with you. But there's also, if we don't do this, the damage that will be done, you know, to the league long term with television money that has to be returned and all the other stuff that will come out of them and then you have a smaller salary cap for next year. So it has a trickle down effect. So I think that they understand the economics economics always matter. What was that? Cy- Cindy Lauper song, money changes everything.
1: That's right. Absolutely. <laughs> I had it at uh 13 to one that Cindy Lauper would be brought up in this racial injustice. She is. I know. <laughs> uh, Dave, Charlotte, you want to jump in with anything?
3: Well, Rob, something you you said about um you know the bubble, about the monotony of it the day in day out. um I was really impressed this week when Paul George uh came out and said that he'd been dealing with a lot of anxiety and depression in the bubble, and I think that um I don't think we can stress enough how much that environment is probably just exacerbating everything. I mean, I think it was Doc Rivers who said you know, these guys, everyone's really emotional because this isn't easy. And, um, do you think, do you think that this kind of protest that this decisive action would have happened if, I mean, it's hard to say, you know, what ifs, but do you think that the environment of the bubble and everyone being in the same boat kind of, uh, spurred things along? I
0: I think so partially because of, like you say, the environment and, and then, You're in the inside watching what's going on on the outside. And then you got to remember, there was Kyrie Irving and some other, uh, Dwight Howard and some other players who didn't want to do it, go to the bubble, because they thought that they would take the focus off of uh, the movement and the protests. If you remember when they decided to go back in, it was in full force. There were millions of people on the street. And they were like, if we do play basketball, we're going to take the focus off of what People were doing, and at that time it was unbelievable. Statues were coming down, right? Uh, Aunt Aunt Jemima lost her job. Uncle Ben lost his job. Yeah. You know, I mean, <laughs> these were these were unbelievable things that were happening. And and I think uh, the players then said, I think some of them were like, "See, we never should have come here, and now look what happened." And then we have the Jacob Blake situation, and you go, "See, we we lost focus."
1: Yeah.
2: I just, I, I, I guess I don't really have a, a question here. It's, it's striking to me though that the, the first instinct is to, uh, is to sort of critique the specifics of this protest. And I think Rob, you're exactly right. Obviously, you need to have juice to make an impact. Ultimately, in in 21st century society, um, the NBA players can take away the sport. That is, and you can you can you can push back on that all you want, but I, 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 the people who are doing that, and 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 from Jared Kushner on down, from the you know, um, oh, it's nice that those players can afford to take a day off like that. Ignores that they're human beings and remain empathetic just because they're multimillionaires, as though they somehow now disavow or forget where they came from, is an insane logic, I, I think, and I also wonder where people come down on, I, I I, I suspect that a lot of people who now would tell you that Jackie Robinson was the best thing to happen in the 20th century for, for sports in America and think that Muhammad Ali is one of the great figures of the 20th century at the same time are saying, like, I don't understand what these players are doing. And I, do you suppose, I, I don't expect anybody in this conversation to get in the heads of anybody else, but it. I think it kind of comes down to it's inconvenient that no. uh, it, 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 I don't want to deal with this. I want to, I just want to watch sports. I don't want to have to deal with this. And this is inconvenient for me that you're taking it away. And maybe that's exactly the that's, point, right? Is LeBron on down is saying, we're taking this away from you until exactly. you pay attention. This, Fair enough. You know, this or no? is what
0: you think we are entertainers for you. And we're telling you that we're people like you, we have lives, we have families and we care about our people. I, I think you're, I think you, you're spot on. And I think uh, a lot of people just they don't want to deal with it because it's it's not a part of their lives, and so they they dismiss it. All they want is their games to be on. but let, let's just be honest. Sports has always been you know, hand in hand with society and and even political stuff. These are the same people, right who will bash the, the black players right now about what they what they're doing. But the NFL in nineteen ninety three. Went to the state of Arizona, which voted against the Martin Luther King holiday to make it a, a paid holiday from the state. They voted against it. The NFL went there and said, you will never get another Super Bowl as long as you don't have the Martin Luther King holiday. Now, is that just football or is that social? Is that politics? What, what was that? And guess what happened to the state of Arizona the next year when, they, when it was on the ballot? It passed. You know why? Because you threatened money. North Carolina with the bathroom bill. What did the NBA do? Took away the All-Star game from Charlotte. NCAA took away all the national championships that were going to be played or any kind of tournaments played in North Carolina. What happened? Those people voted for these things to go away, right? All of a sudden. All I'm saying is sports is interconnected with this stuff. And to act like it, it, it it's not and just stick to sports, the Laura Ingram thing, that that That's not going to fly, not in 2020 when you're watching. This is not police are arresting bad guys and black people are up in arms. No, mm-hmm. it's time and time again, unarmed, shot in the back. Who's the guy? I always forget the guy, the kid's name in South Carolina who shot and killed nine people in the church. The police mm-hmm. took him alive, Right. And they also took him to Burger King for a hamburger before they took him to prison. You tell me a black guy shows up and kills nine people in church, there's a chance that he's going to be taken alive. Do you remember uh, the state house at Michigan when people wanted that their freedom was being infringed? They showed up as a militia with rifles to to the capital, to the state capital in Lansing. Go look at the video. They're armed. Yeah. You tell me if two hundred black people with rifles showed up at the state house, and there wouldn't have been a scene. I, I'm just go look at the video. They're spitting in the face of the police officers there at the state cap. Nothing's happening. So when we see those pictures and and those images, and then we hear about this, where people of the you know the 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 what was it? The woman who was a cop who thought she was in her apartment who shot the guy. You know, just just. This is just happening over and over and over. And we see the video and it's not new because we saw the Rodney King back in what, 91 or 92. And in that Mm -hmm. case with Rodney King, there was videotape. Think about this. Those cops beat him like a dog. He was chained. He wasn't fighting back. Now, if you didn't have that videotape, they would have lied, say he fought back and they had to subdue him. And even with the videotape, those cops, the white cops in that case, were acquitted in the court of law, were acquitted. Yeah. And it was George Bush, Herbert Walker Bush, who sent in a special prosecutor who got those cops convicted on civil rights violations. So this yeah. has been going on for a while, and it's just boiled over.
1: It's a mess for sure. Rob, you brought up the NFL and how much you know these the owners have impact. I feel like, the, I don't know why, politically, I think the NFL owners are more connected. So- they'd be you know, better served to make a statement. How do you think this is going to lay out for the NFL? You think this comes in waves and like, they don't, they don't have a LeBron James. They had a Colin Kaepernick, but nobody listened to him. Because right. The time wasn't right. But right now they don't have a LeBron. They have Tom Brady, who's not going to do anything uh, for this cause or very, very little comparatively. Right. What, what do you see with the NFL as it relates to the NBA and uh, carrying this on?
0: I I think that the NFL players will do their own protest. They'll be kneeling. People will be mad. And and that'll be like, so be it. I think owners will have to, even the ones like Jerry Jones has already said that, oh, well, you know, I see things a little different. Well, because he has no choice. Do you know what I mean? If -hmm. Jerry were to sit there and say, anybody who kneels is going to play for the Cowboys, he might have the whole team down on one knee. And now what? He looks good. You know what I mean? So I think he... Even realized he had to soften that stance. And I think even the commissioner saying they made mistakes and Colin Kaepernick, uh, Colin Kaepernick made the ultimate sacrifice. I mean, when you think about giving up your career for people you don't even know, this wasn't like a brother or uncle or some, somebody blood relative that you were fighting for. He was fighting for this four years ago and told people, dude, look at what's happening, look at the injustice, look at the police brutality. That this isn't right, and mm-hmm. I, I think it's it's admirable. And and as history, you know, goes on, and we look back, people will look at him as somebody who really uh, made the ultimate sacrifice for the, for the betterment of everybody else.
1: Well, it's a shame because you have to, in addition to being right. You have to have supporters, right? Like Roger Goodell now looks at back and it's like, uh, we screwed up with Colin Kaepernick. Yeah, of course he was right about that. Like, what do you why is that any different? Oh, because he doesn't have you know dozens uh, joining him. That ends up being the only difference.
3: Well, I think that's just that's partly what made Wednesday and Thursday so remarkable and historic is that it was such collective action. Um, and all these players were were in this together across sports leagues. And it you can't say like, oh, well, it's just, you know, it's just Colin Kaepernick and then start to pick apart his life and, you know, do do the same garbage you would do to someone shot by the right. police. Like, well, oh, you, well, this is his... to assassinate them and talk about all. Right. 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 It's like, are you going to do that to thousands of well, athletes? You, well, because let's, let's do
0: the Dodgers situation. You know, they find out that Mookie Betts and, and the manager, uh, uh, Dave Roberts, is not going to manage and Mookie's not going to play. That that was the day that the uh-huh. um, Brewers and Reds canceled or whatever. And Clayton Kershaw and white players on the Dodgers said, wait a minute, we want to, you know, help you and be involved in this. And they voted not to play that night. You know, so so you're right. You're going to attack Clayton Kershaw and, and other white players on the Dodgers and destroy their careers because they're involved. And then you even saw the National Hockey League, which has, what, 2% black players, and those players are all from Canada. I don't think they're, you know, a black player from the United States. But, you know, even they canceled their postseason games And the WNBA and the MLS, I, I, I agree with you. It was a historic day for other leagues, other people to get involved, just like NASCAR, nascar went against their base they, they basically when they said you can't bring in a confederate flag anymore on the ground those are the those are their people they've lost people who bought tickets to go you know who probably will hold it against them and never go again but they didn't care they were like we're going to do the right thing and i think that's what we've seen a lot of and mm-hmm. i know a lot of it is symbolic but it's a start it's things that we have never seen
2: before it's uh, uh, another thing that uh, strikes me is that a lot of people who I don't want to say are on the other side and, and and aren't supportive of equal rights, legitimate equal rights for all people, but at the same time, they throw up red flags constantly, constantly throwing up like, ah, but I don't know if this I, to me, a couple few years ago, Malcolm Jenkins raised a fist, um, you know, on the heels of Colin Kaepernick. And Chris Long put his arm around him. And the, at, this is at a time when a lot of people were saying, the reason you can't do this is because it's disruptive to the team. This is going to cause a division in, uh, in the NFL locker room, and that's why we don't want Colin Kaepernick. This was the rationalization thrown out, which is why it's great to me that the Philadelphia Eagles won that's the right. Super Bowl that year. And so they, it, have, they have more players, uh, I
0: think, involved in a protest than any other team.
2: It's exactly right, and I, I listen. Believe me, I don't want to be self righteous about the where where I stand or or anybody else. But this nonsense about that uh, that the liberal media or whatever wants what is trying to end the you know a, a professional sports season or shut down sports for some political motivation is just insane. I, I can assure anyone within the sound of our four voices here today that. We don't just like sports. We have made right. our careers we around sports. We want we want there to be sports at least as much as you want there to be sports. What what you we are not the ones who are being divisive about this issue though. You understand? I, I, it's hey. there the resistance to it is 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 curious to me at, ba- at best. No, you
0: are 100% right that the that noise about we're trying to right we we want uh, end sports. No, we understand what's going on. And you got to be empathetic and and realize that people are really, you know, bothered by the the events of the country. And then even even with the COVID-19, it's the same thing. Like there's some ruse going on that it's all political because we want to get Trump out of the White House. And I just say to myself, so you mean to tell me that China and Argentina and all these other countries, you know, all, all over the world are involved in this hoax? about, you know, like, I just can't buy in. And these are supposedly intelligent people who are right. trying to put the narrative that there's some sort of hoax in all the other countries who have nothing to do with our country or our president or our election it is a part of a hoax to try to get somebody out of the White House. It's the yeah. most ludicrous thing I've ever heard.
1: Um, speaking of ludicrous things, bear with me for a second. But Rob, how different would things have been if, you know, obviously these games all became canceled games, but initially we heard the Bucs were going to forfeit. How different would things have been if Orlando Magic said, no, 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 this isn't a canceled game. We accept your forfeit. This series is three to two. We're in this now. There's no chance of that happening, right? No. No, that, that would have been At
0: first I thought it would be a forfeit before right. the other teams got involved. Because mm-hmm. if you don't show and you don't take the court, yeah. you, it's a forfeit. And I thought, the Bucks probably thought, you know, they had beaten them up pretty good the last three games, yeah, days sure, and won. So it was like, I'm sure that they didn't really care about it. And and for the Bucks, you know, people are coming down on the Bucks for doing it on their own. I think I think the Bucks were within their uh, right from the standpoint. This happened in their backyard. This was mm-hmm. in Wisconsin, in Kenosha, right? I mean, that's like 45 oh, yeah. minutes away. So so if anybody was to be affected by it, right? I think the Bucks, and that's why the Brewers also. And baseball jumped in because this was there. This is their story or their scenario. So this whole notion that they had to contact everybody and get together and, and get everybody to sign off. What if some team said, no, we don't want to do that. I don't think the Bucks were going to look for an endorsement. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or to have people derail what it is that they felt that they wanted to do. So I thought they did the right thing.
1: Yeah, they were doing it anyway. I yeah. think.
3: I think the most powerful action, um, you know, I saw a bunch of people on on Twitter, you know, even people not in sports, but in media being like, well, wouldn't it have been more powerful if they just kept using the post game interviews? And it's like, do you understand what standing up for something means? Like there is I think that there's right. Like, it's not that the Bucks went into this being like, here's our calculated plan about how to work the system. It's like, no, they had a visceral reaction to another black man being shot in the back seven times. And they were like, I don't think basketball's the most important thing right now. And I think if you can't hear that, if fans can't honor that without going down some rabbit hole of like logistics, then then what are we doing? And you know what
0: people don't understand, like that the. You know, like, I think this is a, I want to bring up two points. One is, uh, you know, sometimes to make a point, if you remember, I mean, I, I still get goosebumps and when I watch the, the old footage of black people showing up at the Woolworths counter where they wouldn't be served every day. You know what I mean? And they used to throw food on them, spit on them, dogs, you know what I mean? Do all kinds of things. And they did it every day, right? Mm-hmm. Go into the... the to, to try to fight and be served and be treated equally. And I think people don't understand there's a sacrifice. And here's the other part. They're always trying to critique, oh, they should do this, or, oh, I, they're not organized, or, or what? Or what's the game plan after that? When Rosa Parks decided to sit down, you know what the game plan was? I worked all day. I paid my fare, and I'm tired. I, I'm not going, you know what I mean? There are no seats. I'm sitting down. I'm a paying customer. There was no uh, long drawn out uh, 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 spreadsheet and figuring out like all the next steps. No, this Mm. is how things are done. People are so caught up in everything has to be perfect. That's not what a protest is or or a boycott or trying to figure it out. It was like the Kaepernick thing. They were like, well, why don't you go to a park 40 miles from here and Mm. and march around in a circle? No, if I want to get your attention, (laughs) you know what I do? I blocked the four o five at four o'clock in the afternoon. Everybody on that road is going to be like, what's going on? All right. I'm inconvenienced. Oh, my God, what's happening? And they'll want to know why the road was blocked. Everybody will want to know. That's how you get attention. That's how you get people's attention. There you go. Uh,
3: I also think one one more thing is that, um, you know, I don't think it's on like White media members who are writing columns about, well, like how did they do it or what comes next? like I think there's a time where where you got to listen, and I think there there are a lot of people who uh, who could who could do some listening right now,
1: yeah, for sure. <laughs> well, Rob, uh, thank you for coming on. It's been doing listening. You guys should listen to this. I want to talk about Rob real quick. Rob went on the greatest vacation. I'm going to have you guys guess <laughs> where he went. This is untoppable. Before the <laughs> pandemic, he took off. He went on a vacation. Uh, I'll give you a hint. He had to take a boat. A boat was uh, a, a major part of this, uh, this expedition. And this was to
2: Mexico, right? It
0: was a No,
1: no, to- no. No, let them guess. Dave, you have any guess?
2: Well, he just said Mexico and a boat. All I can think of is say, <laughs> well, that's Asian. pretty
1: good, too. Yeah. No, that that was not it. Th- this is better.
3: A uh- Boat in Mexico. We're throwing
1: them off with the Mexico uh, thing, but I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have yeah. Said that.
3: Uh, Did you go to an active volcano?
1: <laughs> even even balls ballsier that, move.
3: Yeah, I, I went on the Golden
0: Girls cruise. <gasps> it was absolutely spectacular.
1: No.
3: I'm so jealous, Rob. Oh my Can god! You sing with
0: me. Thank you for being a friend.
3: <laughs> I, I'm telling you, that's one of my favorite shows,
0: and. You know, my friends were like, you crazy, a uh, 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 divorced black man going on a cruise with all the <laughs> old, older women and whatnot. And I'm telling you, the people, you know, a lot of people dressed up and there was, a, you know, like an off-Broadway show and, and <laughs> it, was, it was just, and cheesecake galore and talking about the, the show. and rem- <laughs> It was like a great five-day trip. And we, um, it was one of the greatest vacations I took.
2: I, well, I enjoyed it. Isn't it, isn't it kind of depressing though, considering that only Betty White is still yeah, alive? I mean, well, well, the that, off- that doesn't kind of chip away at the fun aspect <laughs> the show's of it. The
0: show been off the air for thirty years and it's still so popular. It's unbelievable how great. And I'll give you like I'll give you my two favorite lines from the show. So um,
1: how do you narrow it down?
0: I, I know, but these these two are classic. But the Blanche who was the tramp, basically. Uh, Blanche, it's raining outside. She's uh, in the kitchen talking to Dorothy, and it's raining. She goes, oh, the rain, it reminds me of my first kiss. And Dorothy says, oh, how romantic. You got your first kiss in the rain. And Blanche says, no, in the shower. <laughs> 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 and the other one was Sophia. <laughs> Sophia is clicking the TV. Watch They're watching TV. She's clicking the channels. And she says to everybody in the room, she says, "Hey, look, there's a black guy anchoring the news, and it isn't even the weekend. Like, like a doorway line. <laughs> wow, out of nowhere.
1: Yeah, That's <laughs> the best
0: writing I've ever heard on television.
1: That's hilarious. Oh my you god, you know what's sad about this, or at least ironic? I wasn't even talking about this. I didn't know anything about the Golden Girls. Oh, you group. were talking about the Antarctica trip. Yeah, you went to Antarctica. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't even have to. You didn't even have to tell us about the Golden Girls.
0: <laughs> yep." I did, I I also went to Antarctica to to complete all seven continents. And it's an unbelievable boat trip uh, for two days where you don't see any land. It takes two days uh, to get there. And when we got there, I have some of the most spectacular video. We arrive at about four o'clock in the morning when we first see land and you see the sun rising. And the sun rising and the white cap, you know, untouched uh, land that's in front of you and the icy cold water and the icebergs in there. It is absolutely spectacular. And then when you get there, you realize how like the the animals, the penguins and the sea lions, they don't even run from the humans because they're not hunted there. So there's no reason for them to be fearful. So they're Mm -hmm. just around and to see them in their natural setting. And to walk on these places that have barely been touched by man—you can't have more than a hundred people on land at one time. It—it it is the most. Spe- wow! I, I'm telling you, it—it it, it was so euphoric for me. Like I couldn't believe I made it there. Here I am, a kid from Jamaica Queens, you know, in New York, growing up, dreaming of going to these places. And to make it there, and make it back, was incredible. But I—I I recommend if you ever, if you're adventurous and a traveler. It it was one of the most. It was one of the greatest experiences I've ever
1: had. I think, like, if if there's uh, there's no way to look into this, but if you, what is the cross section between uh, Antarctica tour and Golden Girls cruise? There's no no way more than one person, Rob Parker, has taken. They could do a Golden Girls. They could. They could do
3: a a Golden Girls cruise to
0: Antarctica. combination there's nobody I will be I'm the first person right
2: on the Golden Girls cruise and a trip to Antarctica. There's no doubt about that. it <laughs> It'll, it's, uh, Rob Parker is the only thing in the intersection yeah, on that right. Venn diagram. <laughs> That's the, it. the,
1: it's
2: just it's just a picture of uh, your face. Rob I know you yeah. said
1: that no more than a hundred people could uh can step on the land, but it really seems like I mean there's no social unrest there. Can we just move a a lot of the good guys over to Antarctica? It's not going to work, right?
0: It would be great, too. I mean, it was peaceful, and the water was clean, and the air. Like, you could just, because there was nothing there, there was nothing to pollute it. Do you know what I mean? Like, it it was like it has always been. And I think that was the part that was so unbelievable. Is like, here's the earth in its natural beauty without Mm -hmm. being destroyed or torn down by man you know and and
1: that was the part that was spectacular i know I, when you were explaining this to me i don't think you had pants on when you were explaining this to me but it no, was no uh,
0: probably
1: not it was uh <laughs> i was focused on the, the discussion and it, it sounded uh, unbelievable <laughs> well, good job by you going out there a lot of fun rob parker uh thank you for being a friend <laughs> thank you for no doubt coming on <laughs> no where uh you have anything to plug other than the Odd Couple, 4 to 7 p.m.? I,
0: I do have a couple of books. If you go to Amazon.com, I have a book of uh, some columns I've written called If I'm Writing, I'm Ripping. So that's a good book to pick up. It's got some good columns. I've proven that book that everybody is rippable at some point in their career. Nice. And then I have another book out there called uh, uh, Rob Parker's Tale of the U- Rob Parker's Tales of the Urinating Mouse. And if you follow me on Twitter after every, you know, bad loss or something, I yep. usually say that um, that some mouse has urinated on something, a Tom <laughs> Brady jersey, or, you know, so, something, a Philadelphia cheesesteak, if, if there's a Philly loss or something like that. So you can get both of those on Amazon.com.
1: Right. All right. All right, buddy. Well, thank you for coming on. Um, you're going to be seeing a lot more and hearing a lot more of Rob Parker on the Extra Points Podcast Network coming up soon we'll get into that next week thank you so much buddy I appreciate you coming man up. I
0: appreciate it all you guys man have a great day thanks for having me I enjoy it
1: all right take care rob thanks Rob wow he's great all right there you go you heard it from Rob Parker um there's a lot more to be said on this issue um yeah I think uh we have we're gonna have sports again starting this weekend I don't think they've announced when they're coming back but uh it feels st- It's silly to give best bets at this point. Every Friday we give best bets, but there's MMA, there's uh, NASCAR, and I think there's a little ping pong overseas, but we're going to skip that this week. Are you okay with that, Dave? I know you're on a hot streak here. Is this going to interrupt?
2: No, I, I, as a matter of fact, I'm just Googling, looking for a Golden <laughs> Girls marathon somewhere this weekend that I can just, you know, sit down in front of the TV and He's see on Monday. He
1: has two favorite quotes. Dave, you're at Damoshek. And uh, what else do you have to plug? At Damoshek, the
2: new show, Minus 3, launches next week. Me, Jeff Schwartz, Eddie Spaghetti, Kibitzin about this, that, and the other. Can't wait to get rolling on that one. And uh, can't wait to get back to talking about sports if that's uh if uh, the athletes are going to be playing next week we'll uh, we'll get back on track with our usual hooey and applesauce yes. um but uh, but a good show that'll today, be fun
1: today. yep uh, young charlotte what do you have to plug
3: young charlotte uh follow me at the wilder things um might have something on the app today i mean a, a bunch of the uh the stories that I thought were going to happen didn't happen uh, in service of mm. a much bigger and more important story. But um, maybe next week some uh, some fun stuff coming again if it if it feels right. But uh, yeah, I just want to thank everyone for bearing with us. And um, yeah, I think these are important discussions to have. So we're gonna we're gonna have them. Yes.
1: And uh we appreciate your feedback at our emails the extra points gang at gmail.com. So reach out to us there. And for Dave and Charlotte, I'm Sal saying remember, even though you may seem like an underdog or feel like an underdog. God,
3: I got feel I like an underdog. Oh, come
1: on. Come God on. damn it Shit. Sal. I'm the underdog here. Please know that you're all my favorites. <laughs> Just quote just 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 do a yeah. little McClanahan quote instead <laughs> I have maybe that's read better it. see you monday <laughs>